We've been talking about now moments, God-given moments, um, moments when God whispers to us, calls us, you know, to maybe make a, a change or take a risk or to make a difference in this world or in eternity. You know, sometimes when we embrace those now moments, I think it entails us taking a step and doing something in a very uh, quick and orderly fashion. It entails some effort on our part, but it's finite in its scope, okay? In other words, uh, if you embrace that moment, you can accomplish that, that task or that mission and a few steps, and, and you know when you're finished with it. For instance, uh, you have a now moment in your life where you start sensing that God wants you to pick up the phone or uh, to sit down and have coffee and encourage someone. That can be a now moment. Um, you can have a now moment maybe where God presses you to let something go, you know, to forgive someone. And if you take that risk and, and you follow through, it only takes a couple steps. And, and don't misunderstand me. I, I am not saying that it's necessarily easy, okay? Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it requires sacrifice. But what I'm saying is there does come a point where in a very short order, you can say, I did it, all right? There are other now moments that change the whole trajectory of your life. You know, when you take that, that risk, when you embrace that moment, the heart's pierced. And you start following through on whatever it is that God's called you to, and your heart starts beating a little bit different. And it changes everything in your life. I mean, absolutely everything. You begin to reorient uh, everything in your life, your, your, your priorities, your values, your, your talent, your passions. And you spend the rest of your life pursuing whatever that is. Now moments. As you embrace those kind of now moments. You know, we talked about last week where you say, I am the one, this is the place. And now is the time. And with each time we embrace those now moments, as we're faithful, as we're obedient, what happens as we're embracing God in those moments, they start happening more and more often in our lives. Now, I think perhaps that They've always been there, it's just we recognize them now. But what happens is, as you embrace those, those now moments begin to amp up. They begin to amp up in the sense that they become more and more significant. They, become, they begin to have more and more impact. And so, that's just how a now moment is. And there's something that I've noticed about those, those now moments in life not only does the significance and the impact amp up and change things around us, the impact and the significance intensifies 
inside us. And what you find over time is you get stronger and stronger. You get more courageous in in your life. You're willing to take greater risks. You become more uh, selfless, so to speak. And you get to a point in life where you say, whatever it takes to to just be used by God, to make a difference in, in this world, to live life to its fullest, I believe, to its very, very best. And so today what I want to look at is a now moment, a now moment that, to be honest, it, it seemed small, could have easily been missed. But this is a now moment that has a huge impact. This is one of uh, Jesus' most famous miracles. It's a miracle It's recorded four times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them. It's the only miracle that is in all four books. And it's the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. I've always wondered, because it was probably more than 5,000 people, because in the Greek, Scripture says uh, there were 5,000 men. And in that day, they just counted the men. And so a lot of translations, if you're following with me today, they have been more inclusive. But I really think it was more than 5,000, unless it was a men's only event. And I'm going to guess there were 5,000 women, there were probably 10,000 kids, and so this is a huge crowd. This is a a miracle where a young boy, a young boy has a now moment, he embraces that opportunity, and Jesus takes that lunch that he gives him, and he feeds all the people. I think this is probably the most famous for a couple of reasons. One, I think a lot of people saw it. 20,000 people were paying attention. It it was widely acknowledged that the people marveled and so word got around. Here's my question for you today. Have you ever needed a miracle in your life? Maybe you need one today. Today. You know, maybe it's a financial miracle. Maybe it's a physical health miracle, a relational one, a, a vocational miracle. I mean, maybe, maybe you need a miracle for your spouse or, or your kids or your family, maybe a friend. But the fact is, you need a miracle. You may not have thought about this before, but the need for a miracle is a now moment. It's a now moment that that calls us to embrace it, that calls us to to embrace God. And and so what I want to do is kind of unpack this and talk about how do you embrace a now moment like that? How do you embrace the creator of this universe who specializes in miracles? How do you do that? Well, our text this morning comes from Mark. It says, Jesus saw the huge crowd, and as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowd away 
so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy some food to eat. Disciples come to Jesus. Jesus, we've got a problem. This crowd's huge. These people have been listening to you all day. In fact, they lost track of time. We thought, surely they'd uh, moved on by now, but it's getting late. Restaurants are starting to close. See, they didn't have an option. You know, no white castles, okay? No crave cases to be, be had. The disciples, the disciples saw a now moment. And they looked at it, and they go, Jesus, send the people away to eat. Do it now. But Jesus saw different now. Scripture says in 37, it says, But Jesus said, you feed them with what, they ask. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. There's something about a now moment when you're assessing the situation in your life or the problem or the challenge that as you are embracing that now moment, that you absolutely have to embrace God. You have to acknowledge to, to God what it is that you need to say, God, I need help in, in my life here. And, and it seems so simple, but, but a lot of people resist this. They resist. I mean, we, we want to do our, our own thing in the sense that we want whatever the problem is or the issue or the struggle, we want it to just go away. We want it fixed. You know, we want the tide to turn. We want it, and we want it when? Now. But God doesn't work in our lives until we ask. God doesn't save us until we ask. You know, Scripture says over and over, ask and it shall be given. 21 times in the New Testament, command, it's a command to, to ask. You know, I, I think of several reasons why we don't ask. I mean, I, I think part, part of the problem of embracing those now moments and saying to God, I've got this problem or I've got this and lifting it up is we just delay. We just delay and we kind of reason to ourselves. I mean, if you're like me, you reason to yourself and you think, if I delay, what? It'll go away. If I delay, it'll just go away. The disciples, they've been watching everything. They're delaying. They're kind of procrastinating. They finally, I mean, it's kind of in their language because they're, they're like, it's already getting late. I mean, it shouldn't have been a surprise. They're in the desert. There are no restaurants. There are no food vendors out there selling stuff. People are going to get hungry, but they, they, they kind of put it off. They put it off. And it's kind of interesting because they kind of uh, pass the buck. Do you, do, you, do you pick that up in the language there? You know, it's not our fault that they're out here. I mean, it's not my issue. Disciples... What's their answer? Send the crowd away. Send the crowd away. Just send them away. Jesus, we didn't ask them to come out here. This isn't our problem. 
If they're hungry, they can go to Taco Bell or something, you know? You know, sometimes we need a miracle and we just worry. We just worry. You know, I've said over and over, if we were to pray as much as we worry, we would have a lot less to worry about in life. You know, the, the fact is, there, there are so many things going on, and what do we do? We get the worry engines going. You know, we throttle up, you know, and, and it's paralyzing. It, it just puts you, puts you on tilt in your life. Disciples, disciples go on tilt. They, they start looking at things. They're, they're uh, pretty analytic, I think, overall. And so they immediately, they're doing kind of a cost analysis. And the anxiety, it's going up. I mean, it's an overdrive. You know, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. I imagine Peter, you know, because he was always putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, you know, Peter's like, how are we going to do this? There are 20 thousand people here camels catering very expensive this is not going to be good you know how are we going to clean up all the mess and and what about liability insurance i mean we we have got stress we've got anxiety they're on overdrive and they're struggling the disciples i mean they must have forgot they must have forgot as they're facing that now moment they forgot who was with them it's Jesus, the, the Son of God. Je- Jesus is standing there, and these guys are, are trying to find Colonel Sanders to fix the situation. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're struggling. They, they don't know what to do. And so they're, they're facing the problem. They're facing the now moment. And they're not sure what to do. And I think we do that. I think we face those now moments. We face a problem. you got a problem today. You need to remember that the creator of this universe, the God that calmed the raging sea, the God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is with us. You know, and God says, you know what, I'll help you if you just ask, if you just ask. Mark writes this, he says, Jesus says, how much bread do we have? He asks, go go out and find out. Then they came back and reported what? Five loaves of bread and two fish. I always wondered why, did, why Jesus asked that. I mean, why, why did he do this? The, the fact is, Jesus could have rained manna out of heaven. He'd done it before. Jesus could have brought water out of the rock and then turned it into wine. He'd done that before. He says, go see what you've got. Go see what we've got. And I believe when you face a now moment in life, when you need a miracle, you, you take the need to God, and then I think you have to assess what you got. That, that God always starts with what you've got. When you face that, that now moment and, and you need a miracle in your life, I believe you should look and do some inventory on it. You know, in other words, to begin to look around and go, you know what? I've got this. I've got this. 
We've got that. It's all I got. Kind of sad, kind of pitiful. But this is what I've got, God. You know, I believe that when we give God our energy, when we give God our time, when we give God our talents, when we give God our treasures, and we lift them up and we go, you know what, God, it's not a lot, but it's what I've got. I think God pays attention. I mean, can, can you picture this situation? You know, the disciples, they're, they're looking at this huge crowd, 15, 20,000 people. They're all hungry. And Jesus says, you feed them. Go take care of this. How'd you like to have been there? Are, are you kidding? I, Jesus, this, this is humanly impossible. It's financially, it's off the chart. I mean, friends, this is a now moment. I mean, has God ever asked you to do something that was impossible? Something that you look and you're going, I, I, I have no idea. If, if you're a believer and you've been a Christian long enough, I guarantee you that you've had those kind of now moments that are impossible. Now moments. Why does God do that? Well, friends, I believe that God wants to stretch your faith. I believe God wants to test you. I believe God wants to see if you can be trusted with whatever it is. You know, John 6, 6 says, he asked this. This is the same story. It's just John's version of it. He says, he asked this only to test them. He's talking about the disciples. For he had already in mind what he was going to do. You see, Jesus wasn't sweating the problem. Jesus had seen the now moment. He had seen it long before they ever did. Obviously, he would know that they would get hungry. But Jesus knew what he was going to do. He had a plan. And he, and he tests the disciples and says, why don't you do it? Now, he knows he's asking them to do something impossible. But that's how God works sometimes. I mean, this week, some of you will face something that's impossible. It'll be a now moment that will catch you off guard. You know, it's one of those now moments where you're going to have a problem or an issue. You don't have the slightest idea that it's coming down the track, but it's a moment. It's a moment. It's a moment where the heart pounds. It's a moment where your adrenaline starts pumping. It's a moment that suddenly everything slows down. And it's just you and whatever that moment is and God. And friends, this come in all kinds of ways. Sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes it's a death. Sometimes it's a pink slip. Sometimes it's a struggle. And you get a call from the school about your kids, you know. But whatever it is, part of what makes it a now moment 
Part of what makes it so poignant is you don't see it coming. You don't see it coming. And, and, you know, don't kid yourself. Every once in a while I have someone go, I'm never going to have that kind of moment. Don't kid yourself. Those kind of moments come. You, you may be surprised, but God's not. God knows the answer before you know there was a problem. In fact, God knows everything that we will ever face in our life. So let me encourage you to go to God. You know, and just say, God, okay, apparently you knew this was coming. So obviously, you know the answer. And you know how to guide me through this. So I'm, I'm listening, I'm following you know, you got to take it to God. you got to assess what you've got to work with in life. A little talent, a little ability, a little wealth, a little time. This is what I've got. You know, John, John tells us that one of the disciples, Andrew, is who found the young boy. He found the, this boy in the crowd that was willing to, to give his lunch. Wasn't in a designer lunch pail. Probably a sack. And to be blunt, it wasn't much of a lunch. I mean, five little loaves, probably more like a roll. And a few fish, sardines probably. Might have been dried sardines. But, but he gave it all. He gave it all. Now, here's what I'm guessing. I am guessing in a crowd of 15,000, 20,000 people out in, out in the desert that there were some Martha Stewarts around. I mean, I just, just my guess. And I'm going to guess that there were bigger and better lunches out there. You know, wine and cheese, maybe uh, uh, South Galilee Beach wrap or something like that, you know? All the Atkins people are going, I got it. Yeah. This boy was used. Do you know why? Because he embraced the moment. He gave Jesus what he had. And here's something I figured out, that God always uses whatever we give to God. You know, whatever is our best, when it is our all, then God uses it. You know, the, the fact is that God will use you. You know, Mark says this, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Now, I do not know how Jesus did it. I don't. You know, as he broke the bread, it kept multiplying. In other words, can you picture he's breaking the bread one piece after another, after another, after another, after another. Everyone, everyone could see what he was doing. Now, I think, again, that's why it's recorded all four Gospels. It was a now moment. And friends, God always uses what you give him. And God loves to use people. He, he loves to use ordinary things, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things. 
And I noticed that this boy, this boy giving what seemed insignificant, sparked a miracle. He gave it willingly. Matthew, uh, as he tells the story, says the boy volunteered it. He probably heard that they were looking for what, who had something to share. And, he, and he, he goes, I got a lunch. Take mine. He does it willingly. He does it cheerfully. He didn't grumble. He wasn't worried. Oh, no, what am I going to eat? You know, and he didn't hesitate. He just embraces the moment. And it's interesting because he didn't even know what God was going to do with it. And it didn't matter to him. He just gave what he had. And it sparks this tremendous miracle. Now, once in a while, someone will catch me. They'll ask me something to this extent. They'll go, why does God need anything I have? And if you've ever asked me that, you know I've got a pretty standard answer. It's God doesn't need it. But God wants what it represents. You know, Luke says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the bottom line is, God wants your heart. God wants your heart. You know, when you, when you face a now moment, when you need a miracle, you, you take it to God and you say, here, here, here's my need. You, you assess what you have to work with. You give it to God, and then you ought to expect that God will multiply it. You know, God, God took this boy's lunch that he lifts up. He says, here, here's my lunch. Two fish, five loaves of bread. He says, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. What do you not have enough of in your life? Enough time? Well, if that's true, I can tell you something. That means that you do not give God your time. Enough money? I would argue you don't give God your finances. You've got relationships that are a wreck around you. It means you're not giving God that part of your life. Because whatever we give to God totally, God blesses. Whatever we give to God totally, he multiplies. It, It has been set into the DNA of this world. It's a principle of sowing and reaping. You know, Paul says it this way, says the point's this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. The boy, he gives his lunch. It's interesting, he doesn't go hungry. In fact, quite the opposite. They have leftovers at the end of it. You know, I've always wondered, I mean, this isn't in Scripture, but I kind of imagine this boy racing home. He's got the 12 baskets of leftovers. He comes running in the door. At some point, mom's like, Bobby, slow down, slow down. You did what? Jesus did what? Oh, Bobby, you have such an imagination. Go take a bath. It's almost time for bed. I mean, you know, how how many parents in the house? Let me see hands. All right, if your kid came home and told you this had happened, you know, I gave my lunch to Jesus, Jesus multiplied. He fed 20,000 people with that lunch he made me, Mom. Here's the leftovers. How many of you would believe it? I mean, I I, got to admit, it's pretty far-fetched. But it's what Jesus did. 
that now moment resulted in not just that miracle. I think a lot of miracles. There were many now moments that day. You know, I have always wondered when, I, when I've read this story, I wonder how many people got down on their knees and gave their hearts to God that day. You know, I wonder how many uh, sinners stepped across the line because their hearts collided with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, I wonder how many people, because they saw the miracle, because they were able to eat and to listen to Jesus for a few more hours, I wonder how many lives were changed. I wonder how many families, I wonder how many eternal realities were changed that day. I mean, I just wonder how many. And I also wonder how many people just missed it all. They they missed the miracle. Friends, some of you today, right now, are having one of those kind of now moments. You need a miracle in your life. You know, Mark says, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, what? Everything's possible with God. Friends, I have noticed in my life that God loves to do miracles through people. Again, God could have Rain down manna from heaven. Food could have fallen from the sky that day. Could have turned the stones into bread. Could have, honestly, could have done whatever he wanted. But instead he works through this young boy that recognized the now moment, gave his lunch. Ultimately, the disciples get pulled back around and they help and they, they're, they're helping pass it out. But it's just been my observation that many times we're waiting for God to do something for us. And God's waiting to do something through us. You know, if this is your first Sunday with us, you're going, man, what is this all about? For those of us that have been been coming and, and listening... This church, we're in a now moment. We're in a now moment. And friends, it's about feeding people. It's about feeding people. You know, when I look at this church, I look where we're positioned, you know, geographically positioned. You know, I draw a 45-minute radius around our church. Two million people. Spiritually hungry people. People that are saying... Feed me. Feed me spiritually. I am struggling in my life. And friends, God has said loud and clear to this church, you feed them. You feed them. Those words ring in my head. You feed them. And I guess I'm a lot like the disciples because I look and I go, Are you kidding me? I mean, how how can we possibly feed all those people? 
You know, I look and I go, we are $2.9 million in debt. We are running out of space for the kids. If we add a kid's addition to this church, it's another million dollars. And I go, you know what? I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I mean, you know, our, our goal has been to raise between a million and a million three. Why? So we can keep on feeding people. So we can keep on growing people, reaching out in the name of Jesus Christ, making a difference in eternity, ultimately. You know, keep expanding God's kingdom. And friends, i got to tell you, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us embracing that now moment. It's going to take all of us lifting that need to God and praying and just saying, God, we need help. And it's going to take all of us assessing. Assessing, saying, you know what? God, this is what I've got. Not a lot, but it's my very best. And then giving it. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. You know, we've been asking people to, to pray about it, you know, to make a, a three-year commitment. Part of why we're sit, we sit here today was people three years ago said, you know what, we believe God's called us to a task. Three-year commitment. Uh, you should have received a card when you came in today. This, I want to be clear, this is money that's up and beyond what we normally give. And in other words, uh, do not take, and if you give regularly to the, what we consider the general operating of the church, it's the ministries of the church, you know, sometimes the temptation is to go, well, I'll just quit doing that and I'll give to now. Don't do that. Don't do that. If, you, if you've got to choose, we, we have to do ministry. But we are asking families to, to fill out a card, you know, let us know how it's going to come in because it helps us in, in planning as a church. You know, uh, some people give weekly, some give biweekly, some give once a month, some give once a quarter. But let, a, let us know that. You know, uh, sometimes um, people have situations because of what's going on in your life right now. Sometimes you, you've uh, got, got money that you go, you know, I could do a lot right now, but down the road, not so much, and or vice versa. You know, I've had people go, you know what, I can give 50% of this amount uh, the, the first year, I can give 20% the second year, and 30% the following year. You know, sometimes it's flipped, flipped around. But explain it, just explain it, and that helps us as a church and as leaders to, to plan, okay? That's what that's about is so that we understand income streams, so to speak. But we're asking you to pray about it. Talk about it as a family. I had a great conversation this past week, and they were talking about sitting with their children and what that did for them as a family. And I think, yay, God. You know, those are, those are uh, full of teaching moments for your kids. But sit down as a family and then... Decide what it is you're going to do and commit that. And uh, next week, uh, it's going to be part of our service. We're just going to, going to bring those cards, and uh, I think I'm going to bring uh, lunch sacks. You can put it in a lunch sack, and we'll bring them forward as we celebrate in communion next week. Um, 
But um, I believe next week, October 18th, will be historic. I don't think you want to miss it. You know, after the service, the celebration, they were talking about that earlier with food and games and stuff for for the kids. Um, But I would ask you this week, and I hope you've been doing this over the last month. I hope you've been doing it through our entire ministry, but to to pray for the church. You know, sign up for the prayer vigil. Um, You know, I hope if you didn't get the CD to watch the virtual prayer tour, um, do that. Uh, But specifically, ask God to say, God, here's our need. We need your help. And then ask God, what do you want to do through me? Here's what I believe. This church, because it recognizes now moments, because it has eagerly embraced those moments, because the, the church has been faithful, obedient, because we have willingly sacrificed Why? So we can feed the spiritually hungry in this world. You know, people are always saying, I I can't believe how this grown. The video we watched, they were they were talking about, you know, just amazed. I think it's because of now. Because of that passion. And I believe God's blessed because of that. I believe the influence and impact of this church is getting greater and greater. Don't miss now. God, you've got to start somewhere. Start with us here and now. God, we praise you. We thank you. You have created fearfully, wonderfully. God, I thank you for each person that calls this church their home. God, we don't exist without you. And we only exist for you. God, use us. Use us to mark people's lives. Make a difference, not only in this area, but the world. God, I thank you for each person, each family. God, we embrace now. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. God, we need your help now. So we can continue to run the race. We praise you. Thank you for all things. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God's people said, Amen.